Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. By the way, listening to you guys try to make it through Saturday's Warrior with David Michael was fucking amazing. You were so out of your depth. You guys were like three nine-year-olds that accidentally watched their dad's hidden VHS copy of like Solo, 120 Days of Sodom, and were like frantically trying to make sense of the confusing hell that you just experienced. It, you, Oh my God, you were so lost. It was beautiful. Who read my diary? <laughs> Awful movie. 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 Welcome back to the Gamcast, where each week we sample another selection from Christian cinema. Because if you can't make the lambs stop screaming, at least you can make them sound better than something. I'm your host, No Illusions, and sitting 989 miles to my right is a New Yorker in his natural environment, Heath Enright. Heath. How's the pizza treating you, bro? Mm, feels so good on my skin. Yeah, no, I've been to nine different places so far. Yeah, it's fantastic. I'm guessing that's not an exaggeration either. Not at all. No, that's for real. That's for real. Nine places. And sitting 23,912 miles to my left is my bad friend, Eli Bosnick. Eli, how are you this fine afternoon, sir? Well, I'm rubbing pizza all over Heath's skin, so it's pretty, it's pretty great. I got to tell you. It's part technique, part pizza. Yeah, no, it's all important. Yeah. <laughs> Tall people have lots. That's all I'm saying. They have lots. There's lots of surface area. <laughs> and joining us for this third installment of Mormon Movie Month from deep in the heart of Mormon country are Dan and Mark of the Thank God I'm Atheist podcast. Dan, it's been a long time, and Mark, it's been all of the time. Nice to meet you. Yeah, well, thanks for having me back. And uh, I'm happy to be here, sitting in for uh, for Frank, as I sometimes do. Yeah, we should be cl clear here that uh, that Mark is a is a, a fill in host, a, a frequent uh, guest host on our show, but uh, he is a desperately uh, huge fan of your show. So it's not true. I thought I'd bring him on, and <laughs> let, let him fangirl a bit for you. It's not true. I haven't made a dress out of your show to wear. <laughs> do it. Was was that Eli a great big fat person? He was. He was indeed. <laughs> We're going to leave now. I don't want to talk about that movie. That movie has lots Tell of Tell me about the podcasters, Clarice. <laughs> so just to make sure everybody's on the same page going in, you guys are both Exmos, correct? We are indeed, yes. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, grew up with three hours of goddamn Mormon church every week. Was it just three? It, it felt like an entire week yeah. each week of church. I like to say I was a nevermo since uh, consent was never established. Oh, there you go. But uh, <laughs> I, I did have the pleasure of being forced to sit in that sewer for nearly 20 years. But I'm I'm good. I'm fine. Uh, what were you wearing, though? <laughs> <laughs> the nice. same thing I am now. It's super, super sad. So um, kind of your fault. That's, and I'm also, yeah. I don't know if I'm the first one on your show, but I am a big old gay, so we might be able to have some fun with that. Oh, we can definitely have some gay fun. But so you enjoyed this movie on the same level that I did, and I'm glad because we're going to talk about creatine Jeremy Piven, and I really I want to bond with somebody. <laughs> I want to bond with how many times I came on this movie on this like on the disc itself. My right. PlayStation is ruined, ruined. Yeah, 
I'm so, I'm so sorry to hear that. And and you guys will let me know when we start recording, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's not out of the closet yet, uh, so we'll be careful on that Fuck. one. I will say, hey, look, Nephi brought out the gay in all of us, I do believe. Yeah, and I hear film. Mormon parents react really well to when you come out, so don't worry about it, man. Just, like, go, go for it. <laughs> okay. So uh, what are your thoughts on skin pizza? <laughs> we, we, we were talking about it a minute ago. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Go ahead. Yeah, we're, let me quick. We're change. in Mormon country. We do skin jello. <laughs> skin marshmallow squares. Much rougher. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, there there's a possibility of a four hour episode here. I'm just saying. Um so two parter, two parter. <laughs> we are zero minutes into this movie. Exactly. <laughs> so tell us, Heath, what will we be breaking down today? All right. We watched The Book of Mormon, Volume 1, The Journey. Yes. It's the story of how the good Jewish people became Mormons and also how uh, Negro heathens were invented. <laughs> we'll get into it. We'll tell you how right now. It's basically Birth of a Nation of Islam told by Mormons. Yeah, it's that wonderful. That's amazing. Wow. Well done, sir. And Eli, how bad was this movie? Well, if your favorite part of the adventures of Hercules was the costumes, your favorite part of porn is the dialogue, and your favorite part of Harry Potter was the magic spells, then you are gonna love this movie. <laughs> it's, uh, it's basically like watching Memento, except from the other character's point of view. Hey, you should stop doing that. I'm really, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop. I will kill you! Okay, okay, you gotta, look, here's a, another, okay, I'm, I'm wow. Done. Boy, wasn't it? Uh, now, see, now Eli's kind of our resident expert on comic books. So if we ever watch a movie with comic books and like the, the Green Lantern's wearing the wrong magic bracelets or whatever, it drives him nuts. And I was wondering if, if watching this, this, you know, cinematic interpretation of the Mormon holy book is like that for Exmos or like watching cop movies for my dad. You know, like, there's no way Lemuel would wear a headband that tight. Fuck off. <laughs> a any moments like that for you guys? You assume that Mormons actually read their own book. That's nonsense. We don't read that book. We don't know what the fuck's in it. They could, they could have put like, you know, harpooning whales and any, they could have put any, they could have put the Green Lantern in this movie and we wouldn't know if they were wrong. You know what I love about the moment we just had is you tried to think of something sillier than what's in the book of Mormon and you could And they, you know, like, they could have put Shit, there's underwater submarines and people get turned black as a punishment. Uh, right. uh harpooning whales? <laughs> right, exactly. This is what happened. I went black. <laughs> yeah, and even for, <laughs> even for faithful Mormons, there's this reaction that you have to hearing the first lines of a Book of Mormon passage. You know, the, fir the first time, and it came to pass, happens. Your brain just switches into low mode and your screensaver comes on, <laughs> partially because it's hypnotic drivel and partially just to survive the next 10 hours of church service without your brain committing suicide. That's true. This I'll tell you one thing about this show. This movie is full of Mormon trigger words. Oh. So, like, literally, at one point, both Mark and I got up and baptized people. <laughs> just, there's so there's post-hypnotic suggestions that we don't even know exist in our brains. Yeah, I voted for Romney during the show. It was so fucked up. <laughs> Sir, sir, that's a touch screen on a machine you haven't put quarters into yet. Just walk, walk away. You're at a middle school. <laughs> Again. That's what that's Catholic trigger words do that one. It's, I believe that's the Catholic trigger words. Um, so anything you guys want to nominate this movie for being the best at being the worst at? Ah, uh, I want to nominate it for best, worst, 
ancient nomadic facial hair grooming. It was, <laughs> it was, it was like yeah. the art of That's shaving good. had a spot in the middle of the desert in ancient Israel somehow. <laughs> yeah, right. Like madness. Everyone sat down in hair and makeup and was like, Sheriff of Nottingham. Yes! <laughs> Sheriff of Nottingham. Don't you want like a normal Sheriff of fucking Nottingham? Somebody said, somebody came in to set the first day and was like, look, I grow my own beard. And they were like, mm, no, we're need to, we're going to need to put a fake one on. Yeah, right. We shave that off. Yeah. That's not uh, straight what enough. What kind of beard would you like straight. for this movie? Have you ever seen a Latino woman's eyebrows? <laughs> yeah. That's what I want. That's, that's what I'm going for. Got it. Say no more. I think this is the most successful ever cinematic combination of jaw-dropping racism, yawning tedium, and characters who cannot stop making the same stupid mistakes every three minutes. Oh, it's good. Mm, all of those things. Uh, do you guys yeah. disagree? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of another film that would fit the bill, and no. So yeah, I, think I mean, it, the TV show The Following is pretty great because it literally has no black characters, and it's just filled with cops being like, "We gotta let him go." But but as far as <laughs> cinematic experiences go. Seriously, if you have a cop in your family, make them watch the following. It is like wa it's like watching Noah watch A Matter of Faith. It is the most beautiful thing in the world. They will stand an inch from the screen and scream at it. It's phenomenal. Uh, so my nomination, can we go with most self-defeating opening line? I mean, it's, it's literally like, gee, I'm just an undereducated farm boy. Who will believe me? Followed by... Two hours of a story very clearly made up by an uneducated <laughs> farm boy who has heard the Bible but not read it. Right. I'm going to nominate it for uh, the best worst attempt to make Mormonism in the Book of Mormon plausible. Mm. I've, I would say the Book of Mormon musical was more successful at <laughs> making bo the Book of Mormon plausible, and it's a parody. <laughs> yeah, there was certainly nothing uh, about this movie that left me walking away saying, yeah, no, that's plausible. That strikes right. me as plausible. Well, and the, you get, you need to understand that this movie was made as an attempt to sort of get the story out to the world. This was going to be in every theater across the country. It was going to be a big blockbuster. <laughs> you say no. that like it couldn't still happen. Yeah. Time's going to tell on that one, bro. <laughs> Hashtag. Oh, I, I feel like this one's going to be making the same circuit that the room makes at some point. <laughs> Rocky Horror. <laughs> All right, well, obviously, we're going to need a minute to track down the Urim and Thummim so we can make sense out of this gibberish. So we're going to pause for a quick break. And when we come back, we'll break down all the cyclical action of Book of Mormon, Volume 1. We assumed we'd scrape together enough money for more of these. Oh, thank you so much for seeing us, Mr. Paramount. Uh, yeah, it's, it's Mr. Gray, actually. Paramount is just the name of the studio. Oh, so sorry. So sorry. It is a very lovely office you have. Yeah, and I'm a very busy guy, so if you don't mind, let's just get down to business. Larry says you have a movie to pitch me? Yeah, I sure do. All right, so uh, give me the pitch already. Okay, three words. The Book of Mormon. Oh, shit, sorry, four words. Uh, you know what? No, wait, still three words, but just Book of Mormon. Okay, what about it? We want to make a movie out of it. Out of the the Mormon holy book? Yep. Okay, fill me in. It's Hollywood, so I'm probably Jewish, so how how does the book go? Well, it's the story of a family in Jerusalem whose father takes his family into the desert because he's like hearing voices in his head, and then they wander for years and take a boat to America where all the evil people become Indians and the, and the good people become dead at the hands of the Indians. Hmm. That doesn't sound very plausible um, or interesting. Right, right. But throughout it all, the good guy's evil brothers are trying to kill him. Okay, I like it. In the exact same way over and over again for no fucking reason. 
I like it decidedly less. Well, well, that's because I haven't told you the best part. In the end, we learn that the more evil you are, the more black your skin is. So only white people are good. Okay, see, my opinion is moving, but not in the direction you want it to move. Plus, there will be brass plates, and there will be gold plates, and the main character will carve them and stuff? The, the main character will carve plates in the movie. Several times, yeah. Why the fuck would anyone want to make this movie? Well, because it's the most important story ever told. It's it's the Holy Scripture revealed to the prophet Joseph Smith by the angel Moroni. And, and we're just sure that if more people heard the story, they'd join the one true version of Christianity. Okay, wait, you want me to put out a movie that would help more people join your racist, misogynistic cult? Well, yeah, I mean, unless you think seeing a movie about magic compasses, black skin being a sign of evil, and uneducated ancient Israelites building a sailboat that can traverse the Atlantic Ocean without the need of experienced seamen would somehow make a person less likely to be a Mormon. Looks like we got ourselves a movie, kids. Sign here. Just a quick bit of housekeeping before we get the breakdown going. I wanted to give everybody the last call on tickets for our live show in New York on August 12th. At the time of this recording, there are 11 tickets remaining. So if you want to catch us live in the pizza capital of the world, follow the links on the show notes and do it quickly. But if you missed your window to catch us in NYC, we're pleased to announce that you'll get a second crack at us in the fall. Heath, Eli, and myself have been invited to do a live record in Manchester, England, as part of the QED conference on the weekend of October 15th. And not only will we be doing a live record, but there's also going to be a screening of the movie that we're going to be breaking down immediately before. Should be a lot of fun if you're planning on being in Manchester in October or you just need an excuse to go to England. The conference is one of the best skeptical cons in the world. There's going to be an all-star speaker lineup this year plus you'll get us trying to talk british people into calling cigarettes fags some more and of course if you need to grab yourself a ticket or two to qed we'll have their website linked on the show notes as well and one last thing just a quick heads up to our patreon donors that we will be dropping the june bonus episode later this week for our monthly patron only secular movie we chose or more appropriately had chosen for us matrix revolution so keep an eye on our patreon feed that'll be available by friday and of course if us reliving the disappointment of the final matrix movie is just too promising to miss you can get bonus monthly episodes and early access to non-bonus episodes by signing up at patreon.com slash godawful and now back to the show Okay, I, I lied about the back to the show thing, maybe exaggerated a little bit. One more announcement cropped up since that first recording. As many of you know, Heath is in New York at the moment, and he's using a brand new audio setup for the time being. And because of audio issues and or demonic possession, when he sent me his audio after this week's record, it sounded like this. Also, it sounds like Christian Bale, but he like learned enough of it some voice actions. It's like smiling and stupid. So, as much as we'd love to be joined by Jabba the Hutt trapped in a giant toilet with nothing but a Kmart Junior Rangers walkie-talkie to communicate with, uh, ultimately we decided we'd have to scrub Heath out like that underage malnourished tie girl and all of Eli's pre-gam Facebook pictures. So, unfortunately, he's not going to be joining us for the remainder of the episode, which is a real shame because it was all really crazy fucking funny shit that he said. I mean, all of it, every fucking word was gold. It was almost certainly the funniest shit Heath has ever said in his entire fucking life, and we had to scrub it. Anyway, sorry about that, and now, back to the show. And we're back for the breakdown, and right away I notice a potential problem here, because together we have, like, literally 50 pages worth of notes, and I think I could do 90 minutes on this disclaimer at the beginning, so (laughs) settle in for a long one, guys, because apparently this movie is based on actual events which occur in the Book of Mormon, according to the disclaimer, and I just want to start us off by saying that Books aren't where actual events occur. They occur in the earth. <laughs> and then are like even the wording of this right away. It's like we can't even pretend, guys. I'm sorry. 
Yeah. <laughs> also, you never find history textbooks going, this textbook is built b- based on real events. <laughs> Just assumed because they've got bibliographies and sources and shit. If your source is one book, you've got a bad sign. <laughs> Ibid, 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 Ibid. <laughs> I also love that they have to like throw in the whole... Because this shit doesn't add up, certain liberties were taking, taken in the making of this film. Well, yeah. I want, I want to declare this now, cause they say, now we left some things out, but that doesn't mean that it's not all true. And I'm like, after I watched this movie, I was like, motherfuck, what did they leave out? How many murder <laughs> attempts and dissuasions from on high did we miss out on? <laughs> And also, it was it, they said creative liberties, which I thought was was a bit rich for this film. <laughs> What's funny about that is that you'd think that this that this disclaimer would be for the non Mormons, but no, this is for the Mormons who would be outraged that they that, that didn't follow exactly as long with the boringest book in the universe. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, sorry, Mormons, you're not going to enjoy this. Then who the fuck is? <laughs> right. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> Oh, my God. So then we meet Joseph Smith, who looks like Indiana Jones fucked Benedict Cumberbatch. Or <laughs> yeah, I said he looks like Ichabod Crane after the horseman got to him. <laughs> I thought he looked like Michael Sarah, who fucked a proboscis monkey. <laughs> <laughs> All I could look at was those nostrils, man. They were just calling to me. And he basically says, you know, I had a vision that everyone would say what a piece of shit I am, but... Homo says what? (laughs) Many questions troubled me, like, why am I wearing this ascot? (laughs) But he's sitting there praying, and then the dad from the Brady Bunch appears to him, standing on a not-so-tall ladder. Hey, you got to admit, those Angel Moroni graphics were spot on. That was pretty... I I was... There oh was an God. angel in the room with him. He looked like Dirk Benedict forgot to take off his 80s-era Battlestar Galactica costume. <laughs> I had Joseph's vice principal astral projects from partying with ABBA at Studio 54 <laughs> to give him some sweet intel about shit buried in his yard. <laughs> uh, and he does. And we get the first uh, lie of the movie slash book, which is where he tells... um Joseph to go dig up the plates of gold, mm-hmm. and then in the story is supposed to be just him, like, sitting there with plates of gold, writing down. But, again, for those who have either read the book, know about history, or, more importantly, seen the South Park episode, what actually <laughs> happened is he kept them in a hat, nobody ever saw them, he put a magic rock in there, and he described them to an asshole while his face was in there. Actually, he had them buried in the woods elsewhere, and he was looking through the magic hat to see what was on. Yeah, it's even dumber than you think. That's the only thing that I can tell you for certain about Mormon history. It's always even dumber than you think. (laughs) Come on, guys. All it makes is sense. (laughs) I'm looking into a hat right now. Uh, Exactly. We watched the film from a hat. Mormons are good at that trick. Yeah, come to Salt Lake sometime. Bring a hat. <laughs> so, <laughs> you nothing need- too flashy. Nothing too flashy. I also love the little bet that he hedges here at the end. Uh, the, the, the angel says, because like Joseph Smith's like, well, who would believe any of this stuff that you're saying? And it's like, you'd be fucking amazed, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and he says, it, it doesn't matter because anybody who reads this book, I'm asking you to write and asks God with true intent, with true intent. <laughs> right. Yeah. Is, and is a true Scotsman yeah. when they do it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> with 
will receive an answer. And of course, that's where we get the title drop in this book shall be called da, 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 The Book of Mormon. They said the name of the movie. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I, I love the guy's, the guy's intonation. First of all, if you've ever watched Mormon Conference and, and please put a bullet in your head before you do. But all these old men get up and they kind of speak like this and say, and it came to pass. And so this angel comes in and he's like, you will call it after my father. You will call it the Book of Mormon. It was the most disjointed almost shout that kind of woke me from the sleep he'd put me into. Well, yeah, but that's because he's he's going into the credit roll. So he gives it, gives it that nice dramatic pause. He's, you shall call it the Book of Mormon. <laughs> And then we get this great, I guess we're looking at paradise. We're definitely not looking at Utah. That's, I think the most important thing they wanted to tell you here is that this is not fucking Utah. It's a different place. We have more than one location. Shut up. <laughs> and my music note for this is Morgan Friedman's about to tell us about some penguins. <laughs> <laughs> my music note was bad dates, Indy. <laughs> I just thought it sounded like Danny Elfman. I was like, is this whole movie a prank by Tim Burton? <laughs> <laughs> so then we cut to uh Jerusalem circa 600 BC. Yeah, circa. It's not going to get specific yeah, here. It says about. Yeah. What kind of religious text is that? I don't know, man. Let me say it's like 600 year about, okay? <laughs> Ish. I didn't write that down on my plates of gold. <laughs> They didn't, well, in fairness to, to Nephi, they didn't count backwards from Jesus. So they only counted forwards, so they didn't really know when it was. <laughs> See, they were Don't just you gassing. feel dumb, Eli. <laughs> <laughs> so then we've got um, steroid Mormon Paul Rudd happily mm. going about the market in Jerusalem. He is and always will be creatine Jeremy Pivot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that you guys see Paul Rudd because when I said it to Mark, he didn't see it. But I, I think he looks like Dean Cain mouthfucked the lips off of Paul Rudd. <laughs> that was too far. That was not cool. <laughs> There's Paul Rudd in there, but he doesn't have a mouth. And I, no. I the, the, I, this is the first conversation that we can have about, well, the wardrobe in this movie, which is just <laughs> fucking incredible. Like nobody in this movie is dressed. They're upholstered. And I, said, I had Nephi. Nephi has the ancient Jewish version of Carol Burnett's Scarlett O'Hara, where she's like, I just saw it in the window and had to have it. But it's way more tassels and way more sexually provocative. Yeah, I looked at the credits, and surprisingly, it was not costuming by Bed Bath & Beyond. So I, don't know, I don't know if they asked to go creditless like they do with porns, but that, that's who provided the costumes. Watch the extras in this movie, because the main characters, they get, like, relatively sheet-looking sheets. But if you watch the extras, people are wearing, like, fucking flower print towels. It's, it gets more and more towel-y and bedsheety the further back into the extras you look. Yeah. The customer's grandmother's house had no curtains, bath mats, or upholstery left over after this movie. Yeah, they must have spent dozens on the wardrobing here. And I also appreciate them not even trying for accents. Like, everyone in Jerusalem just speaks Midwestern. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I just like that they opened the whole thing with the Beauty and the Beast bonjour opening. Where he's going through, look, there's the baker and the guy yeah, playing right. football. <laughs> I'll throw this ball and hit you in the chest. Yeah. Ow, that hurt. Okay. And the fucking music is, I, I had the grumpy cat sure isn't going to like this. It couldn't be more cartoony. They actually start playing keep away from this little kid with his ball at one and point. And a black guy. The That's single right. black guy. That's right. That's right. I wanted the Harlem Globetrotters music to start when he got the ball. And I was like, oh, sorry. 
I got to say for uh, the young upstart in this in this scene that that boy that was playing ball did a pretty good job with his ball handling for being fully under anesthesia. <laughs> being literally unconscious through this scene. Yeah, no, he was a Dahmer victim that they didn't find out about. <laughs> If, if they had shot him from behind, you'd have seen the hole drilled in his skull. You're a gay guy. You get it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> the police hadn't given him a ride back to the apartment yet. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Dahmer jokes, for some reason, always go downhill so quick. So <laughs> Why, Nephi is, I have no idea. It's, it's just one of Earth's great mysteries. So Nephi's moseying through town when all of a sudden a couple of bad villagers show because they want to fuck him up because his dad's a crazy prophet. And I just want to say, the guy who stops him to intimidate him is the single gayest human I have ever seen. He grabs him by the arm and he doesn't, he can't like stop the larger actor. Like he just can't exert pressure to make it look like he's holding his arm. And he's like, excuse me, your father's been saying some sassy sassafras here and I'm about to open up the library on you, bitch. And I wrote in my notes, hey, isn't your dad crazy? And I wrote, aren't you gay? <laughs> <laughs> this begins from the weirdest thing about this movie, which is uh, it is just a cavalcade of smaller men picking on and winning uh, over the largest man any of them have ever seen. <laughs> yes. Like this is the most he has more muscle mass than the than the rest of Jerusalem combined. <laughs> yeah, Nephi is like a minotaur and two managers from Best Buy attacking. Exactly. <laughs> right. right. And that happens over and over again. Like, wait, why did you cast the linebacker as Nephi, guys? Does that make sense to you? Right. He's a full head taller than everybody, too. Yeah. Yeah. And all the fight choreography is him because he's a big dumb dummy, like slowly lumbering down onto the ground as these tiny men <laughs> jump around on top of him being like, we're wrestling you. We're wrestling you. And being like, Mongo, no lie on, on Karate Rob Schneider. Mongo, no lie on him. <sighs> and speaking of which, who comes to his rescue? But whatever this guy's name, Lehi? Layman. Layman. Layman, who I have in my notes is Karate Rob Schneider. <laughs> and I just want to point out, this guy is where everyone wears a terrible headband in this movie, but it doesn't look worse on anyone no. except this character. It looks like his head was, he looks like a forceps baby. <laughs> he looks like the last remaining forceps baby. I, I, I thought Layman looked like an 80s mall pop icon. <laughs> He's one of those guys that just, you know, may, makes his money going and covering Marky Mark songs. <laughs> so speak, speaking of gay, and probably only Eli and I notice this, and you know why, Eli. What, when Nephi comes walking out of the market, and he's just a swing in his purse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lulululu. Yeah. <laughs> Little bag he's swinging around. Of course they attacked him. They queer bashed him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, the Mormon tradition goes way back on that one, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, so the two brothers come and save Nephi's ass, and then we show back up at the prophet's house, at, at Lehi's house, where mom notices he got his ass kicked. She's like, it's because of your dad, isn't it? And and the reason she says this is because everyone will speak almost entirely in stage direction in this movie. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, And then Santa comes in. <laughs> Santa. Because here's the thing, he's almost Santa, and then when you look at his beard, you realize someone bought hair extensions from the mall, not nice hair extensions, and glued them to his face. Yes. Because that is a blonde wig, not a beard. 
I had him as a hastily assembled Father Christmas costume at a refugee camp. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what are you kids talking about? Of course Santa's going to come here. <laughs> Look at him. That looks like Mike, the guy who hands out water. Well, it's not. It's Santa, okay? <laughs> hey, give him give him your blue kimono. He'll look more Santa-like. Yeah, right. <laughs> now, I, I'm, I'm not going to point this out every time it happens, but I have to throw this in just once. So this is a little scene where we're like we're getting a VO from Nephi about how awesome Dad is, and it shows him writing with a quill pen in 600 BCE. That's yes. approximately 1,200 years before they. I, I, I wonder if there will be other anachronisms. Okay, I'm not going to go for every one of them, but I just want to show that's how much they were paying attention. They were 1,200 years early on a technology, and they're like, no, quill pens is old, right? Yeah, it's, it's older than now. Oh, that's right. Can we talk about how different our personalities are that in a book with a magic compass and underwater submarines, Noah's like, <laughs> fucking quill pens, are you serious? <laughs> I gotta turn it off. I gotta turn it off. I'm sorry, this is too much for me. Too no, much for I was me. about to say they have a holy hand grenade and he's worried about <laughs> We'll get to Antioch eventually, yeah. So now- Eventually. This is, the, and, and we've, we're gonna have to reinforce this about 74 times, but I believe this is the first time we just outright state it. Uh, in Nephi's VO where he says, me and my brother Sam were good, but my other brothers were evil and rebellious. And that is their only characteristic throughout this movie, evil and rebellious. Well, wait, no, I got to stop you. I'm sorry. Not their only characteristic because <laughs> later on in the movie, they will acquire one other. We'll get to it when we oh, get boy. to it. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> also, I guess short memories also kind of count as a characteristic. <laughs> you know what I, I think their other uh, their other characteristic is? That the director did not tell them this was a talkie? <laughs> <laughs> Act with your eyes. <laughs> and then we cut over to Dad preaching in the marketplace, and his entire, like, Warning is, this city will be destroyed. This city will be destroyed. He's the fucking chicken little of ancient Jerusalem. <laughs> right. That's all he has to say. I thought, I figured that the director just said, you know, just improv some lines like, don't you understand? The city will be destroyed. And then later he, he was like, oh, or I guess you could just say that one line 12 again times. And again. <laughs> we shouldn't have gotten that Santa robot from the mall. We should have gotten a guy. <laughs> You know, and I, there are men in this scene, uh, who have mustaches that are so ridiculous, they make mine look real. <laughs> and, and I was also thinking that Lehi is preaching like the professor in Neither Have You Tasted My Jesus, arguing with the student. He's just, blah, 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 over and over again. Nope. Okay. <laughs> You're getting a little deeper into the well than we've gone so far, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. That's what I do, gay guys. <laughs> <laughs> you can Hashtag always save queer. it with a gay joke um so and and then like one of the villagers is like oh i've had enough of this guy i'm gonna go tell laban on him and yes there's a lehi a laban a layman a lamb the names in this are so goddamn ridiculous yeah this is more confusing than the, all the parts of the vagina that women make up to make you feel bad it's like <laughs> we look we know there's a hole and there's a top and there's a butthole that's it that's what you've got <laughs> <laughs> I have a labia majora and menorah. Nice try. I'm sorry. I'm a skeptic. <laughs> I will say this. Try trying to figure out these names and everything when you're a child. Yeah, because right. when, when I was growing up, I had to try to understand what all these things were. I, di I didn't know. I You know, my mom's Canadian. I thought that Jesus grew up in Calgary. It was was died on Calgary. And I like <laughs> everything... <laughs> I've got everything mixed up in my head. So just these names, that's nothing. Yeah. 
We've tapped into something deep here, haven't we? <laughs> oh my god, he's crying. This is like crying. This, we thought Mormon Month was going to be fun. Like, oh man, we'll get all our Exmo listeners excited, but everyone's just had a breakdown every episode. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, you don't right. understand, man. The where's the beef commercial? I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. I was just a boy. So <laughs> I'll be okay. All right. So now together. we've got to meet uh, Laban, I guess, who has the most ridiculous costume oh my god i have ever seen in my he has a okay let's let's break this down on top he has a feather duster <laughs> a which underneath there is a helmet underneath the helmet is a towel he has the zelda shield on his chest i will not bear this i will take my own life i will take my own life i will not live in a universe where that costume stands <laughs> Apparently, you're made king of Jerusalem by being given a snow sled to wear. <laughs> Twelve sofas died in the making of this costume. Also, his face, he looks like Matt Damon did not survive the movie The Martian. But in case you're wondering what his face looks like, I'm giving you a face for it. So, Dad, I guess, hears from God that they're coming after him, so he has to tell the family that they have to go out into the desert or whatever, they have to gather the family together. Yeah. And basically, for the first time in what will be... 874 times in this movie, Dad goes, this thing's gonna happen, and fucking Karate Rob Schneider and baby Kevin Sorbo, which is the <laughs> other bad brother, both go, no, you're crazy, and he goes, but for realsies, and they go, okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, they're, they're going, we gotta go, I don't wanna go, we have to go, don't wanna, let's go, okay. It's like dressing a two-year-old. Where will we put all of our fucking Bed Bath & Beyond knickknacks, though, if we go, guys? <laughs> right. This entire fucking set, it, obvi it it honestly, it looks like the, the fucking shelves at Bed Bath & Beyond really close to Christmas. <laughs> you know that they tried to rent, like, an ancient stone temple, and then they were like, dude, we're, we're not going to get it. Well, you can use Pier 1 imports if you guys don't fuck up all the shit. Like, I work at a Pier 1. They give me the keys and everything. Do it. That's, That's great. Literally, literally, Mark's brother said it looked like it was filmed in a Pier 1 stock room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they all go out into the wilderness, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. But not before we get the teary-eyed goodbye with uh, plastic shirt. I mean, uh, Leia. Yeah, with June <laughs> Diane Rayfield, who's been very badly burned. <laughs> I wrote in my notes, Noah, when they did plastic surgery in the 60s, did they just cut a face shape into a lady around where the head is? <laughs> Walk me through this. I'm suddenly getting the tie-in here I'm, because looking at those two women based on the beginning of our conversation, I'm seeing the pizza rubbing. <laughs> and, and I wonder, Here's what I'm saying. Full circle. If, if any of those women got a paper cut, all of their skin would right to the back of their skull. Like they would just all of a sudden be like the people from They Live, just like oh, and just tears open like a like the top of a drum. So they left the land of their inheritance, and I guess that was Native American ruins. And we meet my favorite character, Fat Camel. <laughs> I don't know how they found the world's most morbidly obese camel, but this camel could not give two shits about this movie. This, this camel is constantly talking to you about how it's on paleo. This is a fat, fat camel. You need, this entire movie is worth it for watching the nonchalance and hatred with which this morbidly obese oval of a camel just trudges <laughs> around this set three times you know they tried to rent a normal camel and they were like yeah that'll be 800 bucks and they were like what about that one that what the fuck happened to that one i don't know man like he just gets to the thing first 
He just always gets to the trough first. He doesn't spit though because that would mean not eating something. So like there you have it. The Charlie Brown Christmas tree of camels there. I, I, I love that Eli even makes fun of the physical appearance of the camel. No one is <laughs> safe. Opportunity. Nothing I is make sacred. fun of anything that I'll fuck in the movie. Anything that I'll have sex with, I feel like it's fair game. And not to be all quill pen about it, but, you know, these are Bactrian camels. These are Asian camels. They're not camels from the Middle East. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> I know, right? I just, I just like Steady. that they start this adventure by, by Noah, or by Nephi in voiceover saying, taking nothing with us but our family and the provisions we could carry, cut to everyone walking, carrying exactly nothing. Nothing! Right. Yeah. Not no a one's carrying thing. anything but a stick. Everything we could carry was apparently nothing. And Fat Camel doesn't even have a load. Yeah, they've got, they've got like two things on a camel. <laughs> they've got like a bag for, you know, various and sundries. <laughs> so, so we get this really long walking montage. This is number one of 23. You'll, if this is Lord of the Rings asking its walking montages. So then, uh, we get, we cut to, they, they're stopping for the night, setting up a tent, and we learn this by the rebellious brothers bitching about dad, which is again how they're gonna set up every scene with the rebellious brothers. <laughs> Right. And um, because Nephi doesn't want any of that, so he goes with his chiseled jaw and abs into the desert to pray. Mm-hmm. That, that his brothers will chill the fuck out. Right. He says, I, I wrote in my notes, Dear God, please let me have massive gains, and please invent muscle milk much, much sooner than you were planning <laughs> And his method of praying looks like he is double-handing a huge cock, doesn't it? <laughs> Don't we just want to Photoshop that right into that... <laughs> When you say wanna, do you mean already did? <laughs> because yes. I just like that Layman and Lemuel have an, have one of many, many of their conversations where they're like, I, I know that, we, you know, we, where we as, as the audience are supposed to understand that they're being wicked, but really they're the only ones in the whole group making any kind of sense. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, in in any circumstance except where your father is actually talking to God and you are actually like chosen by God, your dad's a schizophrenic and you're going to die in the desert. Now, right. they're about to have pretty decisive proof at which point they should stop fucking doing this, but for now I'm on their side. Right now I'm on their side. <laughs> and I just have a quick note about Nephi's head belt. Um, it, these are not headbands, guys. These are like WWE wrestling belts yes, with, with brads through them. And <laughs> ne Nephi's looks like his parents put it on him when he was nine and then never loosened it. Yeah, and he looks it, like one of those African people with the neck rings, except right. they were like forehead. We're doing forehead. Yeah, here. and that would explain so much about so many of these characters. It's like a, when a tree grows around a fence. It's just <laughs> not a good look for a man with a tiny cranium and a huge face. So God uh, talks back to him when he, when he goes out to pray. God talks back in an American accent. Um, he sounds like Winnie the fucking Pooh. Doesn't he? Doesn't <laughs> he? He has a Santa voice. How did you know about Winnie the Pooh? You're not supposed to know that until OT7. <laughs> <laughs> but I also love that they like the lines that they give God are like pseudo Shakespearean in the way that like Harry Potter spells are pseudo Latin. You know, he just throws in vowels and thighs when they don't even make any fucking vowels sense. If that is your complaint, I want to talk to you after you read the first ten pages of the book. Man. Oh my god, you are going to be fucked. No, you don't. No one's going to want to talk to me after that. Literally, you'll be walking down the street and you'll just like you'll start having Tourette's. It came to pass. It came to pass. Yeah. It came to pass. 
Every time I read that, I'm just gonna come. So I'm just gonna, I'm gonna make it into a thing that I'll be, I'll be happy. Oh, he said it again. Stay hydrated. And, you yes. won't be able to reopen that book. <laughs> <laughs> That's the plan. So Nephi runs back to the tent to tell his dad that he heard voices in his head, and Dad is so pleased. He's so excited about that. I'm crazy too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and this is also where Dad gathers the kids together to tell them that God. changed his mind in his infinite wisdom about the leaving Jerusalem thing and now wants them to go back to get the (laughs) brass plates like this was a goddamn video game and they just completed the first quest and they're like, now you have to go back that you've powered up with your new weapons to see how quickly you can kill those octo rocks with the Labanite sword. Anyway. (laughs) Right. Now that you've got the torch, you can burn all that ivy out of the yeah. way of that cave you saw at the beginning of the movie. Right. Also, I just want to point out that when he was like, you need to go steal the plates, I wrote in my notes, heist movie. Nope. No. Nope. Nope. Well, kind of. Kind this, of. This is like a Bugs Bunny heist, but yes. <laughs> yeah. I just like that, that this is, again, one of those moments where Layman, the bad guy, has is the one who actually like makes the logical comment. He says, yeah. "Why would the Lord send us back after He commanded us to leave? It makes no sense." And the rest of the world just went, "Yeah, that's no, it that's doesn't. Right. It doesn't make yeah. any sense." Correct. Right. And I wrote, "Joseph got to make up this story. Why didn't he make up a good story?" <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Educ- uneducated farm boy. Remember? Yeah, yeah. This is a story about a fucking father who can't make a packing list. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, yeah, so they head out under the harsh Utah, uh, the harsh Jerusalem skies. <laughs> <laughs> My music note here is Indiana Jones had some leftover swelling strings that they got for eight bucks. And then we get an, another long walking montage. Also, just a tiny moment. But when the father sends him off, he goes, this is a matter of faith. And I said, they said the name of the mo- Oh, wait, no, that's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> also, they're letting the guys take all the good walking sticks, which I thought was a, a little risky. Yeah. And uh and Nephi decides to hump it back through the desert wearing the fire engine red 35 yard tree skirt out from under the White House Christmas tree. Which I thought was an odd for a summer hike in Palestine. So and then they get there and the 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 big thing now is like okay, how are we going to get to plates now that we're there? And uh so Nephi's brilliant plan is why don't we just go and ask him if he will give them to us? Yep. The guy who's vowed to kill them and their family, he's going to go just say, "Hey man, do you think um I could have some of your shit. And he says, no. Surprise. So they chase him and then he makes it back and they're like, so how'd it go? And he's like, I don't know, man. I sprinted here and I'm now gasping in terror. What do you think? And well, he goes, did you get the plates? He's like, do you see me carrying plates? (laughs) Oh, yeah, man. They're right here in between my ass cheeks. (laughs) He was also chased by the BYU offensive line. So it's, how did he get away? I don't know. So, so he makes it back to the brothers and they're like, uh, you know, well, fuck this. That, that stupid plan didn't work. We're leaving. And of course, Nephi has to give them, no, guys, we're not leaving. We just need more pluck. Uh, right. so they decide that to give it another shot. They basically decide that they're going to convince him with a cash for gold commercial. <laughs> Brass for gold. Brass for gold. Just call this number. We'll send you an envelope. Brass for gold. But what if he recognizes them? Well, first of all, what is the genius of, I have an idea. And Nephi's just like rag over face. They're all like, Hmm. Oh shit, rag over face. That's a great idea, <laughs> hmm. bro. They'll never suspect us if we wear burkas. 
<laughs> I wanted the first guy to put a rag up over his face and for them all to be like, who the fuck are you? Ah, <laughs> what did you do with Nephi? What did you do with Nephi? We basically get that later. But their plan is foiled because someone actually asks them to take the rags off well, their face. Who could have seen that coming? <laughs> So then they send the guards off to kill him again for showing up for the plates. And again, like we just said, there was a guy with a spear standing at the door. Apparently he was off taking a shit. Why would you have all your guards hiding behind and around the corner in case you needed to kill somebody? But no, once again, they get away by just, you know, run away. Look, <laughs> Noah, they bought yakety sacks. They're going to use yakety sacks. <laughs> in, in fairness, the scene where they all went into the hallway and they keep go one go, they go into one door but come out of another door and then they, the bad guys come into a one door and go out of another door. That was a, that was a pretty good scene. <laughs> also, can we just throw out there the director's note during this chase scene was run gayer. No gayer. <laughs> you guys are delaying the most amazing moment of the movie. Oh, yes. No, it was, it was so good. So yeah, Layman says no to Nephi. Fuck you. We're not getting the plates and starts beating the shit out of him. Again, little dude beating up big dude as though there's nothing wrong with this. And he's about to kill him with a stick when Rocky from the Rocky Horror Picture Show catches it. And nothing else in this movie will make sense. It's the most amazing thing. Suddenly out of the blue, Ric Flair on Quaalude saves Nephi. <laughs> oh shit. Dan and I were almost lulled into sleep by the nothing happening of this movie, and all of a sudden, kapoof! There's, we both screamed. I want, I wanted Darren from I Dream of Genie to come around the corner and be like, Genie! <laughs> <laughs> and this guy, the guy playing the angel, the Quaaludes line, killed me because he's delivering his lines like his mom made him do this. <laughs> Why do you smite your brother? Know <laughs> you not that the Lord has commanded that he rules over you? It was so crazy. It was like when you are super, super hammered and you're trying to convince a cop you're not. You think you're, <laughs> yeah, right. You're nailing it. You're like, why do you smite your little brother? I'm messing up. I'm messing up the walk on the line test because your lights are distracting. Turn the lights off. Turn the lights off. I'll be. I'll be fine. I'm good. Oh, look, Can I'm I touching go? my nose. I'm touching my... I'll touch your nose. <laughs> I'll touch more than your nose. What's going to get me out of this, man? Come on. I'm an angel. I drive Goodbye. to work. <laughs> I just like... I also like that, like, this is the moment where the angel says, know you not that the Lord has commanded that he rules over you. And then, like, four times in the rest of the movie... Neve, the brothers are like, you don't rule over us. And Nephi's like, oh, no, of course not. No. What do you mean rule over you? No, I would never try to do that. Yeah, well, this is where the memento guy shit kicks in because, yeah, apparently this is not going to be enough. Even This isn't even going to get him to the end of the scene without still doubting his shit. Yeah, there are a hundred murder attempts coming. Yeah. And yeah. Any, a fucking angel showing up lasts about 45 minutes as proof. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then the angel never comes back. He never, ever tries to save him again. It's amazing. Yeah, Just no, this he, once. He could show up several times. He goes, guys, remember me, angel? And they'd be like, oh, right, yes, angel that grabs the stick. That's you. But to be no. fair, though, that angel was probably up in heaven. And they were like, dude, you got to go back down. They're trying to kill Nephi again. He was like, no, I'm a fucking a They saw me once. I do <laughs> once. I'm not going down there. Every time they take the toilet paper while Nephi's on the crapper, I'm, sa I'm just not doing it. I sure, oh. I caught the stick. I did it. I give him the Cruciatus curse. Just give him the Cruciatus curse. <laughs> Although Nephi and and his buddy Angel would make an amazing '80s sitcom or slash like it. It would be kind of like uh, Quantum Leap or whatever. When his oh, buddy keeps let's showing make up. that. 
crazy billionaire money. <laughs> Nephi right? and the angel. Yeah. <laughs> I think we could make it for thousandaire money. Yeah, I think so. Obviously, if, especially if you can get a bed, bath, and beyond gift card for the costuming. <laughs> so they go back to the one-room palace with the one hallway and shit. And it's time for Mormon Gear Solid. Uh, yeah. Like- <laughs> and the music here genuinely might as well be boom, 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 boom. Well, no, I expected him to be, like, dressed as a bush and creeping closer when the guards turned away. It was like, now if I could just get Laban to step on this X, we'll be all set. It was amazing. In fairness, though, Nephi has some pretty good skills. Like, uh, jumping out from behind pillars (laughs) with this amazing Superman leap with his arms stretched out to bump the guy on the head. Oh, see, I thought he was going to have a giant hammer. Oh, right, right. Or maybe he thought he had one, yeah. Yeah. So fucking angel took it away at the last second. No hammers. Fuck. (laughs) Fuck. I also love, like, meanwhile, cut to evil guard school or whatever. Okay, guys, if you hear a noise, you what? You follow that noise. That's right. (laughs) What what was that noise? That couldn't have been someone trying to distract me with a pebble, could it? (laughs) Everybody in ancient Jerusalem learned to guard from 90s video game characters. (laughs) I guess so. Also, Nephi Nephi extends his arm to the shoulder past the column to throw the pebble. Clearly in view of the guard he's trying to distract. (laughs) Right. Amazing. I I just, that that jump punch, though, was so beautiful. Yeah, it's pretty great. At that moment, I fell in love with it. I would protect the last copy of this movie from a fire with my very flesh just to make sure that that is passed down to future generations. The secret to making a moment like that work is to have almost nothing else happen in the movie. So it's just a fucking spectacular stunt and action sequence. Kaboing! I would love to go through and put some cartoon sound effects in there where they belong. Um, and then this is also another spot where we get the uh, the extras reading the the stage directions or whatever. Everybody's walking by going, Laban is so drunk, he can barely stand up. Yeah, boy, he sure couldn't defend himself right now. That he couldn't if someone came in. Well, this is where you have to understand that they're, this movie is for Mormons. So they have to make it very... They, Mormons don't understand drunkenness very well. So no. they had to have a guy who does his, his best oh, impression of... Oh, I see. Who explains what drunkenness is. So yeah, they, they have to have Barney from The Simpsons show up and say, Real Gene Laban, he's so drunk, blah, blah, blah. Mormons right. don't understand people being drunk, but I guarantee you ex-Mormons do. That's true. <laughs> right. Deep, abiding understanding of alcohol. Also, it's a pop scare. Like, he's standing there watching the guys go by, and then he turns around, and Laban is 30 centimeters from his face, and he's just <laughs> yes. like, sup? <laughs> How you doing, man? Hey, wait a minute. I'm supposed to kill you, aren't I? Suddenly, Laban. <laughs> <laughs> What's great is he's right there. He draws a knife to kill Nephi and then just passes out. Yeah. Well, I thought Nephi like punched him in the dick and he passed out because he sort of he like chest bump to chest bumps him and he's like, oh, I guess that means I'm asleep now. Night night. <laughs> no, he's got that snow sled to protect him. It's not going to knock him out. So, so now of course this is where he gets the master sword and can do double damage to octo rocks and shit. And he holds the sword over top of 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 this drunken. Man, and the angel chimes in. Now, I was never like into the whole Mormon thing, so I just naturally assumed that the angel was going to tell him not to give into his vengeance and murder <laughs> the unarmed, unconscious person. My bad. Flip that. <laughs> the angel starts trying to talk him into regicide like it was anal. 
Yeah, the voices in my head are much less pushy about killing people than the <laughs> angel in this movie is. It's like the Abra- this is the uneducated farm boy's version of the Abraham story, right? Because right? the Abraham story is kill your son, and he's like, oh, I can't do it. And he's like, kill your son. And he stops him at the last moment because it's a merciful God. We don't need to talk about the problems with that story, but that's the point. This is just that Hicks version of it where it's like, kill him. No, I can't kill him. Whack. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> this Fucking is Joseph good. Smith saying, like, I hate that Abraham pussied out at the end. I hate that. I hate that. Now, In fuck my his book. Mouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he just plagiarized incorrectly. That's, that's, that's a problem he was having. <laughs> What's amazing to me about this whole thing is that, yes, he kills him, but the dude was passed out, which means that if he had just gone and gotten the plates, nothing mm-hmm. would have happened. Right. He would not have chased him. Nobody would have known. He would have gotten away clean. But no, God's like, yeah, you got to kill him. You got to yeah. kill him, obviously. <laughs> and I can't overstate the importance of this story in Mormonism. This is like, this is one of their foundational stories. It is. And then after, yeah. you know, when you when you leave the church later, you're like, what the fuck? Wait, yeah, the guy what? was passed out. <laughs> so, But basically the... The morality you're supposed to glean from this is, so if you can't get what you need by buying it or putting a rag over your face, use murder and trickery. Religion! Yeah, right. There you go. So now he he puts on his the Laban costume. He puts on the turnip hat, and he puts on the fucking snow sled, and he tells one of the... He does his best Laban voice and tells one of the servants to go um, get him the plates of brass, to which I wrote... My God, this is how Huey, Dewey, and Louie would get the brass plates, except Scrooge wouldn't demand a human sacrifice in the middle of it. Yeah. And so he walks with the guard out of the front door, and he's like, yeah, just this way, just this way. And he's like, ah, I got you, sleeper hold. And now here's the crazy thing. This scene happens in this movie and will never be revisited. He puts bald Clint Eastwood, the guard, in a sleeper hold, and he's like, hey, man. I don't want to have to kill you, so you're my friend now. And the guy's like, <laughs> deal. And that's it. We never see that character again. We never oh, no, hear he's... from that character again. He's on the boat and stuff. He just never does anything. Wait, what, was, what was his name? Zycam? Something like that. <laughs> Something yeah, exactly. Zoram. Zoram. I just like, like the fact that the guy was following him around and like through the desert, he follows who he thinks is Laban, and then when he turns around, he's like, "Wait, six foot four Hercules, you're not a dumpy middle-aged man. I've been tricked." It's like Clark Kent with the glasses, and well, and, and it's <laughs> yeah. like that with the brother too, because he because he, he wanders up on his brothers, but he's still wearing the Laban costume, and they're like, "Oh, it's Laban! Let's run! Let's run!" He's like, "No, no, no, guys, look, <laughs> without the glasses, I'm Superman. Look." See? <laughs> and also, it's you know maybe. Maybe it was just me, but did you guys notice Zoram and Nephi just eye-fucking each other during that headlock? It was <laughs> oh, yeah. amazing. I was like, okay, here we yeah. go. They're going to kiss. Look, they're definitely going to kiss. Right? Where you put someone in a, in a chokehold, but then he can very clearly feel your erection, but you're both kind of <laughs> into it, but it's a chokehold. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Are you watching <laughs> us on camera BJ's. right now? <laughs> so they take him back home to, to show Dad what followed him home, I guess. And uh, apparently... <laughs> yeah. They're still doing a great job finding plenty of food and water in the desert. It seems like they're having a good old time there. And uh, then Dad has another vision, and guess what God wants? <laughs> to go back to fucking Israel again. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'm going to text God when I'm in Jerusalem. Is there anything while I'm there that he wants just that, what did, that didn't make the list? Well, that, and that, that is 
He does actually make that joke, at which point everybody laughs like it's the end of an 80s sitcom episode. I, I had the end of a Scooby-Doo And then it freeze frames myself. and they, they roll the credits. I want it in big, bright yellow letters for, oh, God. To <laughs> right. If they exactly. all jumped and it freeze framed, that would be so beautiful. <laughs> I, I would I would have been zero percent surprised at this point in the movie. So now the reason they got to go back to Jerusalem this time is because they didn't bring anyone to fuck. So dad's brilliant idea so that they'll have enough genetic diversity to populate the American continent is that they all go get fucking wives from the same family. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. My buddy has enough enough sons and daughters for everybody. That yeah. should work, right? <laughs> I do want to make I do I this is going to be my only possible video game reference because I'm not a video game guy. I'm far too nerdy for that, but uh I will say this is Lehigh's your princess is in another castle moment. <laughs> right. You did it. You completed your task. But so go she's back. She's not here. Go back to Jerusalem and get one double helix. That will be enough for the whole <laughs> new world. <laughs> so Burl, Burl Ives sends them back to get some strange. Yes, right? he does. <laughs> And they're all very excited. There's like a very real comedy moment where he's like, Emma, I'm sorry, Nephi. Are you a little bit more excited about this than you were dying for brass plates? And he's like, well, yeah, I mean, getting pussy sounds a lot more fun than stealing plates from a guy who wants to kill us. <laughs> I'm going to go and be crazy in the bedroom some more. <laughs> and it turns out that the family that they're going to go fuck is Burn June Diane Rayfield. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you do get the sense that Lehi's wife was like, you know, c considering the the lesbian love scene that we had earlier, you get the sense that Lehi's wife was like, you know who has a lot of children? That <laughs> Ephraim. You should probably get him and his wife out here uh, with their families for our kids. Yeah, with maybe the, and the daughters and the sons or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So they, they all go and, and get humans. Yes, go, go pick up some humans. And some more sheets. Get some sheets. Clean sheets. Yeah, exactly. we, <laughs> we can't do it out here. So, and of course, now even getting laid isn't enough to keep uh, Lemuel and Labia from getting angry and being mean. Uh, so we get to, uh, the, the next, the, the, the next homoerotic fighting Nephi scene. <laughs> right. Even though they saw an angel three fucking weeks ago. Mm. <laughs> And this is this is the moment where we learn that this isn't really about anything that Nephi's doing. It's just bloodlust at this point because they wanted to go back to Jerusalem. They could have just gone. What would Nephi, right. what would anyone have done? Just leave and then every and and let Nephi do his thing in the wilderness. But no, they're like, "Uh, we got to kill him." Well, especially considering Nephi fucking falls down every time somebody sneezes in his vicinity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not exactly an intimidating dude. He's got an inner ear problem. <laughs> <laughs> and can we talk about they tie him up and leave him in the desert and I know not everyone's a magician so like not everyone's around how to get out of ropes but I don't think anyone thinks the way to get out of ropes is to lie there screaming <laughs> that's, he's just like gah, gah. it's like well first of all ropes go under your legs dude so they're in front of you then work on it from there like anything anything except just lying there like hoping for Hulk strength yeah he's, he's laying there just shattering screaming <laughs> I had I I wrote trouble defecating, but those two things look exactly the same. So yeah. If you took that footage out of context and showed it to anyone, they'd be like, "Why is that man giving birth? I don't understand." 
why isn't that man giving birth? <laughs> right? So, yeah, so he st- sits there and screams a lot so all the animals nearby could hear him, just like they teach you in the Boy Scouts. And then he literally just prays for Hulk strength and, yep. and oh, yeah. gets and it. And he could not be less tied. Because right. <laughs> when he gets it, he's just like, oh, here they are, these ropes that are very clearly not attached to my wrist and are not frayed or broken in any way. He might as well just be wearing bracelets, and he's like, oh, these ropes turned into bracelets. <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted them to cue the Popeye theme music at that point. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the, by the end of this movie, the fact that he doesn't just faint dead away when he sees his brothers holding a rope is crazy. <laughs> right. No rope for you guys. You guys get no rope. Um, so <laughs> he gets out of the desert because he's out of his fucking bonds or whatever. He wanders up to his brother's all badass, throws him down. He's like, hey, do you like apples? I like those apples. And they're like, time to kill you. And so Nephi does my favorite thing he does in the movie, which is to get into a Taekwondo <laughs> horse stance. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, Kip! And it's just like, oh, shit's about to go down. But then dad, who apparently didn't have any questions about where the fuck Nephi was until that moment, comes out and he's like, hey, hey. (laughs) And Karate Rob Schneider, Karate Rob Schneider's like, oh, we were just kidding. And he's like, okay, all right, man, we're cool, I guess. (laughs) And all I wrote was every moment Nephi is wearing a shirt is a wasted moment. A wasted moment. But we're going to learn that's. We're going to learn that's very unfortunate because he does take his shirt off later and it is not a good sight. Well, it's not a good look. It's better than him with his shirt on. I'm just saying. So then he looks like someone should be shooting him because a black kid fell in his cage. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Too soon? Too soon. We're talking about gay people now. I'm allowed to make money. Thanks, guys. Gotta go. Oh, God. So, so Nephi wanders off to thank God for the rope thing. And I guess this is so that his wife can show up and we can have this romantic scene between the two of them. And honestly, it was the closest to two people who might want to fuck each other that I think we've ever seen in Christian movies. Can we just take a moment for gratitude at how hot Mormons are? <laughs> oh, you're just a well-bred people. You are. You're just well put together. You're not as fun as the ex-Baptists because they like, you know, it didn't go right. So they'll just you just pick a hole. But they are an attractive lot. We are. I appreciate I'll, I'll cop to that. We're gorgeous. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> what are you going to do? Hot like fire. And they have an actual kiss. Now, they then kiss a second time, which is like him trying to bite off her top lift. But the first kiss that they have in this scene is like two people who have kissed before. I was very impressed. I was just saying. Yeah, no, I, I wrote. Compliment sandwich. I wrote in my notes, this is the easiest Christian movie kiss to jack off to ever. Ever. As a, as a gay man who was closeted and, and cute enough in high school that girls hit on me a lot, I saw the terror in his eyes. I saw <laughs> the fear. I wrote that too. I wrote in my, I, I wrote for the second kiss, I wrote, I mean, he's gay and she's probably gay too. And they didn't like it, but their mouths touched. Their mouths touched. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear you guys saying that because I thought it was just wishful thinking on my part, but no, he was awesome. Good to hear. Terror. I just like that the, the dialogue in the scene was so good. At one point she she says, how did you make it out? And he says, the Lord protects me because I'm faithful. And she goes, I believe that. And he goes, what do you believe? Um, I just, I just told you what I believe. I believe that I believe thing you that. said. I literally just said that I believe that. I believe what you want me to believe. Now let's kiss, cause I'm right. gonna react to it like I'm eating an oyster for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Not, not bad. Not. 
Not good. So then they return to the tent of his father so dad can tell him about another dream. And this is like, this is as boring as someone actually telling you about their dream. Yeah. Well, wait, he comes out and he goes, I dreamed a dream. And then he paused and be with me. Everyone here expected him to do Fantine's song, right? (laughs) Oh, this is, see, this is, this is another one of those moments that Mormons will understand because this dream, Mormons will not shut up about yep, this yep. stupid, bad metaphor fucking dream. It's not even a fucking metaphor. It's just a couple words changed from stay on the straight and narrow and hold on to a railing. It's right. And yeah. eat white fruit. His dream appears to be, um, I was surrounded by the fog they didn't use in Saturday's Warrior. <laughs> and then I followed the guy from the fifth element. <laughs> <laughs> to a tree filled with the fakest, grossest-looking white fruit you can possibly imagine. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a, I, all I could imagine was somebody from the props department saying, "So uh, here's some pears that we painted white. So just go ahead and eat that." <laughs> oh, uh, um, these, the, these are safe to eat, paint? right? Oh, my God. probably. I mean, there's not that much paint, so it's <laughs> probably not going to kill you. I don't know. I don't know. Make yourself throw up afterwards. You did that after the kiss. <laughs> By the way, listening to you guys try to make it through Saturday's Warrior with David Michael was fucking amazing. You were so out of your depth. You guys were like three nine-year-olds that accidentally watched their dad's hidden VHS copy of like Salo, 120 Days of Sodom, and were like frantically trying to make sense of the confusing hell that you just experienced. It, you, oh my god, you were so lost. It was beautiful. Who read my diary? <laughs> <laughs> so, so dad tells him all about this dream about the, uh, the, the fruit and the path and the building full of people laughing at you when you try to eat your fruit or whatever. And Atkins Danny McBride has had enough. He wanders off and he takes Lemuel with him. Well, because his dream, to be fair for Rob Schneider and baby Kevin Sorbo, he's like, and I realized at the end of my dream, you guys were total assholes in my dream. You were like, oh, we're fucking assholes. And then you pulled out your dicks and your dicks were like sunflower seed size. <laughs> and I was like, oh, how do you even jerk off with that? And you were like tweezers. And then you cried and shat yourselves. And then, he, <laughs> and then it flashes back to the tent and they're like, Weird dream, man. Weird dream how <laughs> we're, uh, don't love that dream. Gotta, gotta admit, not a huge fan of the dream you had where we suck. Shit, dad. Wow. <laughs> Burn. Have I mentioned your younger brother's my favorite? My music note here was, Scully thinks Mulder might actually be onto something. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And then we get another, uh, Nephi praying scene. This time he gets, Bamfed up to a strange mountain that he's never seen before because he's never been to Utah where he meets another angel with the most awesome bullshit wig. It looks like somebody <laughs> just took a mop head and fucking shampooed it. Uh, they seem to have no idea they're constantly being told what to do by Silas from the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> <laughs> and the racial issues with the angels. So obviously the holiest people are the whitest, right? Uh-huh. Right. Silas. Oh, shit. Is that why they were all albinos? Okay. All right. I. Oh, God. It's even more racist than I thought it was. Oh. <laughs> and oh, I it thought is. it was so racist. <laughs> right. But he, he has a vision of Mary, and he's like, that's a virgin. And I'm like, how can you tell that's a virgin yeah. by looking at her, Are dude? Are you looking Gross. at her hymen? Right. right. Yeah. It, it, yeah. He says, I see a virgin with a child. 
Well, doesn't one kind of <laughs> counteract the other, you dipshit? Well, and also, I guess that's just kind of a weird fucking thing, because if you think about it, even if you thought she was a virgin, that would be such a weird fucking thing to say, because if you saw, like, a 13-year-old girl holding her little sister, you wouldn't be like, I see a virgin with a, you know, that's, why are you thinking about her sexual activity? I see a woman who's gotten laid a few times holding a baby. What the, why would you point that out? Anyway, yeah, so he saw Jesus, and Jesus was the iron rod, apparently, from before that takes you to the white fruit tree. Yeah, this is the car wash bargain bin version of Jesus. Someone was like, oh... Rush Hour 2 and Jesus. All right, I'll take them both. I just, I just like that. First of all, Jesus descends through the Stargate to the portal, and then he hovers there, what? looking like John C. Riley and Sloth from the Goonies butt-fucked to make a savior. Yeah. And landed on, a, on an Aztec pyramid. It's now, an Aztec pyramid! To non-Mormons, that's that architectural cue is very important, and you'll find that out, Noah, when you read this thing. Oh, God. Mm. And at least credit where credit's due. At least they pretended their bullshit prophecy was written before the shit happened. Like the New Testament, they're like, how could we know what our last book said? How could <laughs> yeah. A chamber of secrets? That's crazy. At least he's like, no, man, book's old. Really? Can I see the old version? You no. sure fucking can. No. You sure can. <laughs> now the angel's mad. I got to tell you the story a different way. I was going to say, we see pilgrims, which I thought I was having a stroke when that appeared. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what? 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 And well, pilgrims are into Mormonism, right? And then, like American oh, yes. pilgrims, the ones with the hats and the buckles on the shoes, those guys are into Mormonism. <laughs> but then it was super confusing because there were pilgrims and then cut directly to Nephi dressed straight up as Pocahontas. <laughs> I was like, I'm, did this movie skip? What's happening? <laughs> Also, act actual line from this scene, hold fast to the iron rod. Come on, movie. <laughs> <laughs> Too easy. The Eli Bosnick story. Oh. Yeah, come on, guys. Make us work for Cheap. it, at least. This movie did not make you work for it. So now we cut to everybody getting ready for wedding day. And by the way, Sam could not clearly, more clearly be gay and not want to do this. Yeah. Would you having flashbacks in this moment? Oh, my God. Again, the horror in his eyes. <laughs> I, oh, yeah. You just see it from a mile away. I know how to look for it, okay? <laughs> he literally says, I don't want to be get married. And everybody else is like, ha, 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 that's hilarious. <laughs> right. <laughs> you don't want to have sex with women. Sure you don't, Sam. I know. I know. His, I know, his potential guys. wife is the one who says, I do for him. That's yes, how bad right. it is. Yes. Also, during this wedding scene, they got as close to not Fiddler on the Roof as they could. It was like, do, 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 bloop. See, it's not Fiddler on the Roof. Go fuck yourself. We chose a different note there at the end. And now is the time in Book of Mormon when we dance. Yeah, I, I love that the... The half-assed 20 seconds of Zorba the Greek choreography was unbelievable. I, I'm sure they just thought, it's box office dynamite. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dancing. You know what we need? We need belly dancing combined with Irish dance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Combined with Irish dance. Combined with square dancing. All of it together. It's, yeah. It's Jordan River Dance. <laughs> <laughs> And I just wrote in my notes, please let me watch these actors fuck. Please let me watch these actors fuck. But no. No. Blackout. Nephi no. and Sam just gently fucking as they stare into each other's eyes while the wives watch. Oh, my God. Right? I wish I could quit. <laughs> so I guess while well, they skip over all the good fucking, we'll take a quick break to watch some proper porn. But before we do, let me give Act 3 the hard sell here. Will the rebellious brothers try to kill Nephi again? Will they do it again after that? Will that come to pass too, motherfucker? Learn a new phrase, you fraudulent hack! 
Nephi, it is I, God. You must slay Laban. I have commanded it. I cannot, Lord. I have never taken life before. You must. The world requires it, Nephi, and the Lord commands it. Please, Lord, do not make me do this thing. But you must. <coughs> oh, fuck, you actually did it. Now do that sick. What's wrong with you? What? 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 Oh, fuck. Alan, Alan, come check this out. Yo, what's what up? You? Oh, Fuck, what happened? Are you kidding me? I told him to kill the drunk dude, and he totally fucking did it. I didn't think he was going to fucking do it. Fuck, man, what is the matter? He was obviously joking. Joke? Joking? Have you heard the Abraham story, bro? Yeah, you were supposed to, I, you were supposed to stop me. Well, you didn't really give me a chance there, Charles Manson. Who? Who? But never mind. Hasn't happened yet. We got to get out of here, though. Uh, God's going to be really mad about this. Right? Kind of fucked. Yeah, later, Nephi. Oh, oh. Who, who's Charles Manson? Oh. And we're back for more breakdown. When we last saw our heroes, they were all fucking each other. So now it's the next day. Everybody's all cum-crusted and fuck-smelly because there's no running water in the desert. But before all that... Dad's going to come out of his tent and uh, realize that Amazon has been there in the night. Yeah, it's the ancient <laughs> Jewish version of UPS. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> the Leahona. It's it's a magic ball that was left there by I Captain did. Jack Sparrow. I was expecting the box to have Brad Pitt's wife's head in it, but no. No, it's slightly more upsetting than that. So this is... The- it's it's very important in Mormonism, and this and the way he described because he was an ignorant farm boy, anything that he didn't know how to describe was simply to say it was of curious workmanship. <laughs> <laughs> One hand points the direction that they need to go, and the other hand go fuck yourself. <laughs> Literally, they say one hand pointed us the direction we need to go, and other hand, I don't know, the nearest TGI Fridays. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> Well, and again, this is a fucking video game. Now they need to find the map, and then they can finally get the Triforce. It's fucking ridiculous. So, yeah, so they get the compass, so now they got to uh, head out into the desert. And, of course, this is where we get Eli's favorite character again, to which I just wrote, Camel Toe. Yeah, but Camel <laughs> runs away, and I get how Muhammad felt at this point. I'm just like, no, Camel! <laughs> Camel! Well, and what's really funny is that he just sort of casually says, our camels wandered away. It's like, do you, you, did you take zero measures for this? Because... <laughs> You got to keep your livestock with you. <laughs> yeah, it was this very much. Oh, Mondays. Our camels are union. What are you gonna do? <laughs> right. I just saw camels by craft services, and I don't know where the fuck camels went. <laughs> I'm sorry. Can someone get a PA to get camels to set? Someone call camels to set. Uh, but also, this is where we had um, uh, Nephi bragging about how he was the only good hunter. Everybody else sucked at hunting. Well, we we learned that the the desert made their bows <laughs> break. Yes. Uh huh. Well, first yeah. of all, they already lived in the desert. They already l- lived <laughs> in Jerusalem. These are desert bows. Yeah, I will admit, I'm not a bow expert, but I'm pretty sure they don't get deserted into pieces. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, didn't, I don't think you have to keep your bow a certain amount of moist. Uh, it's, a, it's a curious workmanship. Well, yeah. I love to because like his bow breaks too, but then he's like, "But I went and made another bow." I'm like, "Out of what?" Yeah, you're in a goddamn desert. But they wait. He he. Yes, his bow breaks. The boys' bows break. 
And he waits until everybody is literally starving to death. And he's like, oh, wait, I remember how to make a bow. <laughs> I may have made a bow out of a camel. Oh, my God, he's covering up for it. He killed camel. He did it. Nephi, you son of a bitch. I'm glad black people killed your ancestors. <laughs> Spoilers. When he, when he first says, so my brother's bows got weak, I was like, wait, what? I, it, I thought it was a Cialis commercial for religious fanatics. <laughs> The fuck you talking about? We see Karate Rob Schneider sitting in a bathtub holding an old woman's hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ask your doctor about Moroni. I also like the fact that he says, so I fashion a new bow, and then I go and I lecture all the starving people about believing harder in Jesus, because I'm that guy. Yeah, right. Then he shoots a totally domestic goat. <laughs> yeah. Like somebody's property standing in their yard, well, wait, basically. first... He's wandering through the desert, stumble, stumble. And he has okay. a uh, sepia-toned version of, they're all going to laugh at you. They're all going to laugh at you. <laughs> that he does. And he does the single greatest face plant you could ever. I mean, he goes for it. He puts his face into the ground as fast as gravity will carry him. It is <laughs> beautiful. So yeah, so the, he then he he wakes up from his nightmare or whatever, and he and he finds a goat, and apparently that's going to be enough to feed them for for years or whatever. Right. You don't need to bow hunt a fucking goat. You can just catch a goat. <laughs> well, yeah. I can catch a goat. That's all I'm saying. I know from positive experience, I can catch <laughs> a goat. There's not a lot of things that are true about Eli Bosnick the third, and the I, I didn't make that up, but I Eli Bosnick the <laughs> third, and I can catch a goat, no matter how far, no matter how fast. You put your fastest goat up against me, I'm challenging you. you I know we got listeners out there who race goats for a living, and I'll catch a fucking goat. Don't trust Eli with your goat, people. Do not trust Eli. <laughs> and when he comes back with the goat, he so clearly has a pillowcase full of cotton. It could not what was that? <laughs> it's supposed to be the goat. It's like the store wrapped it up for him. There was no evidence of a goat anywhere. No, nothing was goat light about that bundle. What would be awesome is if he already ate it. Yeah, right. <laughs> I had some great goat. Are you guys still hungry? I didn't find anything out there. Look, I found this carcass. Uh, you guys can have it if you want. We'll make soup or something. Just like the camel. The goat just wandered off. I have no fucking idea. So now they're all full of goats so the movie can continue. And, and can I just talk for a second about the wandering in the fucking desert? I wish you would. Yay. Yay unto eight years. Yay they unto eight years. They got the magic years. compass. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> what if they use it? Literally, from Jerusalem to the nearest water, which is the Mediterranean, it's like 60 miles. Well, <laughs> but even if you assume that they went all the way to the fucking west coast of Africa, they've got to be averaging a mile and a half a day. I did the math on this. If they made two and a half miles a day, they would have walked from Jerusalem to Salt Lake City in eight fucking <laughs> years. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, if only. And and so after eight years of wandering in the desert, they find the ocean. Sam finds it. They're all quite pleased with Sam. Great job, man. We could have missed that if you yeah. had pointed it out to us. In fairness, it was over a hill. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's true. And clearly it was the, the green and verdant shore of the Great Salt Lake. <laughs> <laughs> we called it bountiful because it had so much honey and food that we can't see or that right. yes, will not trust appear us. on camera it's because elsewhere. it's still an arid wasteland. Right. I wrote, honey, huh? I hear that's great for all manner of illnesses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then, uh, so then Nephi climbs up to talk to God on a rock and this is where we finally get shirtless Nephi and Eli can say what he will. 
but this motherfucker should be wearing a loincloth from start to finish on this. Show. I disagree. This was this was a chest that needed some wax. <laughs> Who's with me? His chest needed some wax. He looked like Robin Williams killed himself because he saw this movie. Oh, oh, God. <laughs> oh shit. Also too soon? Oh, I thought we were on gay people now. Once we find a new thing to be sad about, I get to joke about all the things behind it. That's the rules. I don't know. No, Correct you're right. me if you're I'm right. wrong, but aren't Middle Eastern people supposed to have like a lot of body hair? Because there, there are guys in this show who have exactly zero body hair, and we're supposed to believe <laughs> that those guys are from the Middle East. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you think that they were going to balance it out? They were like, okay, look, he doesn't look Middle Eastern in any other way, but look at that chest hair. Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> well, this is, and this is a very important Mormon thing too. This is a very. Dan saw this immediately. This is a, a an attempt to recreate recreate a piece of art by a Mormon uh, artist called Arnold Freeberg. Yeah, Freiberg. and it was the most. I, as a little gay boy in Mormonism, it was the only thing I could latch onto. It was so homoerotic, hmm. and this it, is exactly that. All of his paintings, and he does these paintings that depict the uh, the Book of Mormon. And every one of them, there's like, if there's a woman, she's like faded and in the background or whatever. <laughs> and then there are these men, even like eighty year old men with like rippling abs and yeah. huge <laughs> muscles. And it's it's clearly he's jerking off to his own paintings, robbing uh, okay. veiny cocks. Let's yeah. continue. <laughs> uh, so he goes and prays, and and again he looks like Robin Williams' rejected son. And he's basically like, God, how are we going to get across this water? And God was like, don't worry. I tell people to build boats all the time. This all is going to be time. great. Just do what I say. Boat's going to be baller on the dollar. <laughs> <laughs> now, question. Is this the submarine? No. Uh, no. I'm so no. sorry. This it's is not. not the, I wish it was the submarines with all the fiber in my being. It's not. It's not. It's just, an, it's just another God boat. Yeah, no, the submarines are from later and earlier. Exactly. Yes, right. Exactly. And this is a boat of curious workmanship, I shit you not. Yes, it <laughs> is. I, I just yeah. like the fact that, like, they've been, like, it's eight years of grueling, starving their way through the desert in the worst imaginable life, and they finally make it there, and God's like, now you must build a boat. I said, Son of a your bitch! princess is in another castle again? Right, right exactly. <laughs> Yeah, wandering through the desert on their way to build a boat with a compass that just keeps saying, recalculating. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Siri, did you mean the promised ham? <laughs> <laughs> no! Um, so, now, once again, now that the boat news has made its way around, the brothers have decided that they have to kill Nephi again because fuck boats. Right. And, of course, all I'm writing in my notes is these guys should not be shirtless around Nephi. Guys, come on. <laughs> come on. Step to the gym or put on a shirt. And they sort of wander over to him. They're like, Lou, 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 don't mind us. Just coming over with some rope. You feel like he would have rope PTSD at this point. <laughs> right? He's a trusting one, this Nephi. I just like that they're all sitting around going, you guys remember when Nephi made an angel appear or when God gave him superhuman strength? Me neither. Let's kill him. <laughs> right. Yes. Remember that time we tied him up and it worked super good? Get some rope. <laughs> yeah, we'll use sea creatures. That was the problem. Last time we used desert creatures. This time we'll use sea creatures to eat him. <laughs> yeah, so then they go to kill him for having better abs or whatever. And this is, and, and I know my a little bit of Mormon here. I, he's holding his hand to the square here, isn't he? Yes. It's yeah. a very, like, instead of like outreach hands, he does this very like dog whistle Mormon thing where he holds his arm, his hand up and his arm is in a, yeah. It's, yeah. it's not a very, it's not a very threatening position, let's be he's honest. He's a guy on a bike, right? He's, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's signaling, signaling right. left. He's signaling left. 
<laughs> I almost passed my driver's test. I know. <laughs> but he does throw down some pretty awesome shit talk where he basically says, guys, remember the angel with the stick? No. 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 I don't okay. remember that. Yeah. He, they say, we're going to kill you. And he says, in the name of God, no. And they go, oh, okay. Well, Rats. and then he's like, he's like, you know, they're like, you can't build a boat. He says, if, if, if God told me to tell the ocean to turn into earth, then it would. And they're like, well, why don't you just do that? I don't want to right now. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to. Okay. You're probably too busy looking at my boat. tiny, tiny baby nipples. <laughs> what am I? One eighth raccoon? Seriously. He has, he has, ba he has nipples like a kid with pink eye. It's fucking horrifying. It's <laughs> all I think about. <laughs> But this is where we get. I gotta. I gotta think this is the best scene in the movie here okay. because they show up to kill him again, and Lord, the Lord has commanded that he that he use his laser hands to defeat them this to time to shock them to, to quote, shock them shock them. I wrote two in the pinketh, one in the stinketh. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he, he holds his hand out like Hitler and uses the Cruciatus curse instead. I guess. Your feeble skills are no match for the, <laughs> the dark side. Emperor's <laughs> app. Start shaking like Roger Rabbit just took a shot of tequila. I fucking love it. And also, shipbuilding apparently involves just standing, staring at the ocean all the time. Like every scene that we see Nephi on, he's, he's just standing there staring at the ocean. I, I will say this in defense of the brothers. As an actor, I, 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 I can't imagine a more terrifying direction than, so when he holds out his hand, I just need you to stand there and shake like you're being zapped. We'll make it good in post. Don't worry, we'll make it good in post. No, no you won't. No. I'm gonna look like an idiot. <laughs> it's like, hey man, you knew that when you signed up for this movie, yeah. So, so they built a boat of, of, Curious workmanship. And he even says that it's like, it's like, uh, our boat was weird and fucked up, but not because Joseph Smith doesn't know how boats are built, but just because it was a weird <laughs> fucked up boat. So let me describe what this boat looked like. Joseph, that's not a boat. That it was a boat of curious workmanship. You didn't let me finish. <laughs> <laughs> that's why it has oars and sails and a motor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they managed to make a Portuguese man of war. Like yeah, ah, right. Lucky. And the best part is that they build this enormous, like, ungodly huge ship on land, and they're like, okay, now all ten of us, let's get this behemoth in the water. Yeah, right. <laughs> what? Um, push it. <laughs> so then we, we, we get to, they're on the boat, they're, they're heading, we don't see how they launch the damn thing or anything, but they get on the boat, and we're on our way to the New World, and this is where we get the scene that I just imagined many, many little Mormon boys wore the tape out on. Where oh. the, uh, the wives decide to get all hoary and immodest. Yeah. Slutty party ship. And again, I, I know this has been a little bit of a theme for Mormon month, but this is the most fun these girls ever got to have. <laughs> they fucking fiddled their beans to sleep for the next 30 years going, one time I got to dance. <laughs> one time. So when Jewish girls get on a boat, do they just turn into gyrating sluts? Is that a thing? Like Not the second they shove off? Jewish girls never turn into sluts. Never. <laughs> it's like how, you know how if one of your parents has sickle cell anemia, you can't get it or whatever that bullshit is? That's what it is like to be a Jewish woman and not be a slut. It's just not, they're immune. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's so sad. I just, right. you know, you're right about the Mormon girls, like, finally getting to do, like, these actresses, I, I know Utah actresses, especially the Mormon ones. 
the fact okay. that they got to show their bellies was mm-hmm. like the most like amazing thing for them. They're like, "Ooh, I'm being so bad." <laughs> They had to get notes from their bishops, I'll bet. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I bet they did. I totally yeah. don't believe you. You should give me their phone number so I could call and check, like, real quick. Just because, like, what? Oh, so, <laughs> so Nephi comes downstairs to make sure that there is no fun, goddammit. And then, again, because Karate Rob Schneider has the memory of the guy from Memento, he's like, you're not in charge of us. You're not blessed by God. And it's like, dude, I zapped you three seconds ago. You have burn marks on your toga. Right. They're like, oh, Nephi's a buzzkill. Any, th- any ideas what we should do about that? Well, Let's now that you mention it, there's one idea keeps up. popping to my head. <laughs> If only we tied him up, it would be okay, I'm sure. <laughs> so they do. They lash him to the to the mast like Lieutenant Dan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Also, I, I didn't nominate the movie for this at the beginning, but worst rain we've had in a Christian movie so far. There's a moment where they're trying to go up on deck, and you can Was practically see someone pour a bucket down the hole at them. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Hey, Brian, you're supposed to, it's supposed to be rain. Fuck you. All right, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just like that. During the storm, the lower cabin where everybody's huddled up is completely dry. It's locked up <laughs> tighter than a Mormon co-ed's pussy. It is oh. absolutely nothing, no moisture at all. <laughs> but the outside of the boat is like a Mormon co-ed's butthole, which is it's just open. Yes. Yes. It's wet. A lot of barnacles, yeah. Um, so... <laughs> so anyway, so they, we cut to several months later, and, and now apparently... Uh, they're running out of drinking water. There's only one urn left, and and everybody's just like, "Hey, man, you want to grab your magic compass and ask God to make it rain?" And he's like, "No, I just no, I don't want to I don't want to bother him." <laughs> I had when the urn gets empty that the brothers are like, "Quick, drink Nephi, drink his blood and his musk and his adrenal juices, murder." <laughs> We only have one solution, guys. We only have one solution. I did write in my notes, when everything looks like a kill your brother. (laughs) (laughs) So, and then they see land, uh, never would have suspected. And hey, look, it's not Utah. They actually went to Hawaii. Yeah, I wrote, there it is. Maui? Maui. Yeah, right. Where the fuck did they sail? (laughs) Yeah, they've got these long helicopter shots that are clearly just taken from Jurassic Park. <laughs> right. Uh, and then they get on land and, you know, uh, Dad wants to pray, but Rob Schneider's like, fuck your prayers. I'm going to go kill some stuff on this island. And I want right. he runs off and I wanted him so badly to just get eaten by a sandworm. Like it just jumps out. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite moment of this was they, the ship is somehow in the background and they, they're running ashore. They're dry as a bone. And it's like this family reunion running ashore thing. And I just thought, oh, my God, this is the image that Mitt Romney sees again and again in his head as he powers down for the night. And then, like, the little servos in his mouth twitch into a faint, blissful smile right before. <laughs> yeah, there's no sign of a dinghy. The ship no. doesn't appear to be anchored at all. I just th- I think they just decided, well, I guess we don't need this anymore. We'll just let that go. Yeah, fuck it. This amazing thing we could live in. Right. Just a flash cut to the camel at the head of the boat just sailing off on his own. <laughs> What is that story, huh? I watched that miniseries, The Adventures of Camel. I'm going to go fuck around with Hellbound Kangaroo. See you guys. Oh, it's all the same universe. <laughs> so, and of course, they, they thank God, all, all except for evil laymen. This is where we see that they, uh, 
obviously got the local guy from the zoo school tour guy brought a peacock and like an aardvark but they're very clearly like chained to the ground they're fucking stapled they might as well have stapled that peacock to a tree and be like there were all sorts of animals there kill me kill me including that peacock which said it would shut the fuck up for the scene you know those north american peacocks that run around all the time yes, yeah. we all see roaming the forest <laughs> And of course, Nephi has to make plates because he's a Mormon, goddammit, always with the plate making. By the way, did anybody notice that he's making plates? Where did he get gold? Yeah. He's making golden plates. He knew how to make them into plates. <laughs> he's just—he's got a mining operation already well, set up, apparently. And, and he even made a little trapper keeper to keep him in and everything. It yeah. was—it yeah. was a pretty yeah. nice little deal he had going on yeah. there. I, I like that God's model for his message was three-ring binder. Yeah. Right. <laughs> also, if you want to learn how to write on plates, you take a big stick and a rock covered in fur and you hit down <laughs> at a rate of one strike per minute. <laughs> pretty much all you're doing is making a hole, dude. You're not making letters. That was the Braille version. <laughs> so meanwhile, dad got old. So now we have to go and he gather around dad so he can die very slowly oh my god oh my and god. this is the stupidest deathbed scene he's basically like uh lee layman and uh, baby kevin sorbo fuck you hey <laughs> jacob you're great joseph your name is super special i just want to say like if anyone ever has your name they're gonna have like a 12 inch dick like that's that's me saying this on the plates, like right now, like you he should fuck a guy named Joseph. That's all I'm saying. He and says now I'm dead. I just like these these two young boys, like looking at him, like, "Mommy, is Santa dying?" <laughs> no, dear, that's your father. Him? You're fucking with me, right? He's like a hundred, <laughs> and he was clearly dying of being consumed by cotton candy. Like he was just being <laughs> overwhelmed, and nobody did. Nobody helped him. <laughs> And you know what? It's been three minutes, so you know what it's time for? <laughs> it's time for his brothers to fucking try to kill him again. Again. Kill him! Again. Now Layman wants to cross swords right now. And I kept feeling like like the screenwriter was sitting there with a Book of Mormon and the wind would blow and knock it back four pages every time he looked to the right. He'd look back and go, fuck, they're trying to tie him up and kill. Okay, we'll put it's it like in the It's like the book. shampoo prank. They just keep pouring <laughs> shampoo onto his head. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, these tried to kill him again, huh? Yeah, man, write it down. Write it down. Although, I will point out that Layman, again, is correct. He says, you don't have the right to tell us what to do and all this stuff. And like, just he's and he's saying, like, back off. You're no better than we are. Stop preaching at us. It's just that his conclusion to every time he's right about that with his brother is, and I'm going to kill and you. And I'm going to yeah. tie you up. I feel like the guy who magicked you with his hand does supersede whether or not you were born first. That's, I, mean, <laughs> yes. I don't have to deal with that in my daily life, but if Anna ever walks out of the bedroom and just like zorps me, I, she's in charge. <laughs> what I'm saying. You're the boss. Well, also, my note here was that Layman, like the, the guy playing Layman, who was already at 11, turned it up to like fucking 16. Yeah, oh, right, yeah. right. My note was like, enough! Kneel before Zod. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so Nephi's solution here is to go and pray to God. And I'm thinking to myself, we already did this prayer, right? So I, I wonder if his prayer is like, hey, God, remember I was telling you about my brothers and, you know, we, we did the shocky thing. You, you never really took care of that. It just seems like you're omnipotent. So maybe, 
you could. And (laughs) And God's reply here is... Oh, yeah, you need to get the fuck out of there. Those motherfuckers are going to kill you. He's like, yeah, well, you could have told me that before I brought their asses all the way from Jerusalem. Yeah, I have a theory here because he talks about, oh, I wrote the story down on the plates and my brothers are mad at me. I think they just read the plates that were all about how what assholes they were. And they're like, fuck, man, he's making us look super bad on those plates (laughs) in the press. Right. And so. God's solution, it's time to go back into the motherfucking wilderness for the fourth time in this movie. You know what this movie needs is some some walking in the wilderness. Maybe Jesus. a montage. Mm. Uh, Tom of and some Cecil sort. got to read the lizard people books. <laughs> well also she's like oh my god we have to go back into the wilderness i'm like where the fuck are you yeah, right. hopping under a palm tree next to the beach <laughs> and so okay so they leave and he gathers up all the good people who are i guess Zycam and jacob and joseph or whatever and uh he's like we're gonna leave in the night and then we cut to the next scene which is in the night the brothers are showing up to kill him and they might as well be each on each other's shoulders with one big trench coat. <laughs> yeah, I wrote my notes. Sneak, 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 a stab. Ah, <laughs> uh, but they're foiled because God turned him into pillows. <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah, it's like he he snuck out the same way the Babysitters Club does. Yeah, right. <laughs> Although I gotta say, it is it is sad for Nephi and his family that they left behind those good pillows. <laughs> yeah, oh. they'll need them later. Yeah. They'll never get their money back. <laughs> so, so I guess then they wandered off. We, we we cut ahead to several years later where apparently they founded a city made out of painted Monopoly houses. Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> Wouldn't it have been amazing if there was like a giant metal shoe? Yeah, right. <laughs> I would be 0% surprised. And, and now he's old. And the way we know this is that they've glued a much grayer beard on yeah, I think they ran now. out of marker. So they were just like, I know this. <laughs> we'll hang the captain of the cheerleading team upside down on your face. No one will notice. Yeah, right. Uh, I just thought, uh, Nephi, your beard's gone moldy. Yeah, right. Yeah, generally beards are the same color as your head hair, but not in this family, I guess. I think that that was what Father Christmas left Nephi, is here's my beard. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you can only have it on the condition that you give the last three-eighths of an inch of it to Sam. Right. <laughs> So it's been years. Now Sam wants to go back and see his brothers because it's been so long. And to which Nephi quite rightly says, remember how they they try to kill us every five minutes and stuff? And he's like, yeah, but I kind of miss it. You know, like it's weird. Like, <laughs> you don't know what you got till you're gone. But like, do you remember how he used to push you down, try and kill you? I don't know. I don't know. I just like, I want to see him. And- <laughs> Is he still so into murdering? Who knows? It's like following your ex on Twitter. And you're like, I just want to see what she's up to. I just want to know. <laughs> it's not weird. I'm not going to like like any of the... Tw- okay, I'm going to like these ones because they're... Well, okay, I'm going to retweet this. I'm going to comment. I'm going to I'm gonna call her. I'm going to call her and I'm going to talk to her. About- I'm going to go to her house. I'm going to go to her. I'm going gonna- I'm gonna to cut her open and use her like a, a hat. I'm going to wear her like a hat and then post on her Twitter that she's going on vacation. Okay, good. That's... <laughs> It was a dark, dark journey into Eli's head there, but uh, yeah. So yeah, so Sam feels like that, only with his brothers. So he wanders off to go to the village where the evil brothers are, and we know that they're going to be evil because you can hear evil drums long before you get there. Oh, here we go. Here we go. It's so good. It's so good. Someone describe 
what happened. Because oh, I can't I'll, do it. Can I go? I can't do it. I'll try it. Take me there. Don't ever let me come back. All right. So <laughs> Sam comes through the trees at the golf course and discovers <laughs> iniquity. So he sees Mola Ram and some spectacularly racist Oogabooga fire worship. His brothers have turned the lust to murder Nephi daily into Lord of the Flies bloodbath burning man cannibal party they literally yeah. have a cauldron that they're dancing around <laughs> they and like they put on it. face paint it's the temple of doom and yeah. they're all chanting kalima <laughs> and they're in blackface and they are, they are all yes in brown they're in tanner face they're turning <laughs> into engines that's what's ha- they've become so evil that they're turning into black people and the movie just can't avoid the movie wants to avoid that wants to skirt left of that so bad but they just can't. Oh, I feel like they splash around in it a little bit. I feel like that later they're, they're just going to be like dancing around in the fact that, oh, they're bad, so they're turning darker. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but again, like the movie was very cl- like they didn't go full Sambo face. No. They just like gave everyone a coat of light brown. Yeah. They were like, look, we don't want it because, you know, the original version, like the play version of this, when when Joseph was directing, <laughs> there was like, mammy, like that whole thing. <laughs> they did songs of the South from top to bottom. But now that that's not now that this movie's made when cameras can roll, we're just going to paint them a light brown because that's how God punishes people. Well, and I feel right. like th- I feel like they did a little a little plausible deny ability thing here because when uh when one of their wives shows up and talks to sam she, her face looks sort of dirty but also brown but also yeah. like splotchy so that like at some point they can just be like no they were all just dirty they haven't washed they you know once you <laughs> join the fire death cult you don't wash anymore that's their thing <laughs> did you think about if you think about it you're racist huh <laughs> <laughs> you assumed because she was dirty the real look on of horror on sam's face is his terror that this world that he's in now is so fucked up that a woman actually has lines <laughs> <laughs> right okay so like sam comes up on the edge of the village and, and the wife or whatever catches him before he walks out which is good because they'd have eaten him or whatever and she warns him she's like layman is gathering together an army <laughs> to come kill you and i'm like where the fuck would the army is it an army of little five-year-olds that would be adorable it just Aww. doesn't seem very effective where the fuck did an army come from was there that much coven, cousin fucking that quickly? Oh, they've been fucking. These are Mormons here. They've been fucking. Let me tell you, they Mormons have more kids than than Catholics. And the last shot before this scene ends is <laughs> Layman's face going. Rah, 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 rah. <laughs> Dude, we found Dan Snyder's Native American friends. That's right. This is the origin story of Native Americans, everyone. Yes. This is it. This is it. That's what we're getting. It all starts with the best drum circle ever. <laughs> well, and that scream at the end, it was as though they were daring us to take this movie seriously. I did not take them up on the dare. So then Sam runs home to Nephi, uh, devastated by their blackness and barkiness. <laughs> hey, uh, how was your trip? Oh, you know, they're black savages now. <laughs> Rough. Okay, so not good. <laughs> One owl eye on Trip When he says they were nearly naked, Nephi looks down like he's trying to swallow vomit. Like, <laughs> oh, God. Can I just go back a little bit and just point out that when Layman or Lemuel's wife is talking to Sam, she's like, they're not the same guys anymore. You wouldn't recognize them. And he's like, I, I just thought, why? Because they're trying to kill us? Uh, yeah, <laughs> they're the same guys. That's kind of their thing. Yes. Yeah. 
to their hobby. And also, like, again, just to, just to really highlight the racism of this, after, right after Sam tells Nephi, he's like, you know, their skin is getting darker because they're so evil. Right after that, he says, they looked more like animals than men. Oh, yeah. Because they have dark skin? Is that what, what are you trying to say? Hashtag not racist. Yeah. And Nephi's response to this is, yeah, God told me that would happen. And it's like, dude, tell me. Remember? (laughs) Maybe instead of being like, hey, remember when they tried to kill us? Be like, oh, no, I already talked to the big G.O.D. And he said that they're now, you know, fire worshiping cannibals. (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, So now they've got to prepare for war, even though there's like nine guys on the other side. That's not war. Whatever. He got to prepare for war, so he made swords, and he consecrated Jacob and Joseph, and now they're ready to go to war. Yeah, because, you know, sword making, that's pretty easy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Pro- right. Probably probably totally simple. Curious workmanship on that one. <laughs> so now we cut to 30 years later, and 30 years apparently has made Nephi look like Ben Affleck got caught, cast as Moses, and also, apparently they're really taking their time about this war, right? Oh no, they got away with it. They 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 left just in time. It was a good trick. Oh, yeah. I, I see that they, uh, they leave left some out pillows. Some pages. I gotcha. Yeah. He's yeah. basically like, and now I looked like Lawrence of Arabia, and I was super bummed. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, this this is this is when they tuck the golden plates into an unmarked crate and stow them away in a government facility next to the Ark <laughs> of the Covenant. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, this is where we cut back to Joseph Smith. So apparently that's all the Book of Mormon they could afford to make. Um, so we cut back to Joseph translating his plates again, not by looking into a hat through a magic pair of glasses or anything, but like there were actually plates there. I mean, you'd think if there was one thing they were going to get historically accurate, it would be the Mormon thing that really happened. But I didn't yeah. think they were going to get one thing historically accurate, so I was not surprised. In fairness to them, there are literally like seven or eight different versions of this story, and the looking in the hat is just one or two of those versions. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. And also, you know, when you're, you're giving him shit about not being able to afford to make more movie, no, I don't think that's fair because it's hard to make a movie for $2 million and make it look like one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really think you need to give him a break. It's true. They need to get David A.R. White in on this shit. Is he a Mormon? Oh. He could be a Mormon. Um, and so, yeah, and that's the end. I guess Joseph Smith decides to go to bed that night or whatever. That's how the whole thing uh, closes off. And it even says the end dot 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 of the beginning. The last line in the movie is him. His wife says, come to bed, Joseph. This might be the only Mormon movie that ends with the line. I'm coming. But it probably is. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> I, I like that. They do this whole at the end. Or is it? Oh, wait, we ran out of money. OK, yeah. No, the it end. is. It is. It is. <laughs> Also, I gotta say, just so you get a real idea of just how high budget this was, I shit you not, in the credits, one of the accommodations listings was Super 8. I shit you not, another one was Travel Lodge. Breakfast from 7 to 7.30. Well, they had to, they had to give them credit for that because they wiped out their towel supply. Oh, all right, I see. Hey, weren't there curtains in this room when you started? No, there were no, no I meant no, to none. mention that there were no curtains. We need more. <laughs> All right. So when Heath and Eli and I finished the Quran at the end of the year, we're planning on reading the Book of Mormon and we're obviously depressed as fuck right now. So I probably shouldn't ask this, but percentage wise, how much of the book did this movie cover? 
Oh, you guys are fucked. It's uh, I'd say a hard ten percent. <laughs> oh about no, ten percent in. You, you don't even understand. You're talking about the book that Mark Twain called Chloroform in Print. And then, <laughs> and then uh, Christopher Hitchens accused him of hitting too close to the mark, considering it's got a book in it called Ether. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I think those mean tweets are right. I really shouldn't be a part of scathing. You guys, you guys had it, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a movie guy. Look at me. I'm so stupid. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> Yeah, it's you're in for a slog, fellas. It's it's not going to be okay. It can't be worse than the nothing is worse than it's fine. It's fine. I, I, <laughs> I, I hesitate to say that. Yes, but um, yeah, I, it, it's very hard to believe that it's worse than this one. All right. Well, I, I feel like if we gave this movie some number of stars, Brigham Young would say that aliens lived on them or something, and that'd get all confusing. <laughs> so rather than asking you to rate this movie on a scale, I hope to capture the essence of this film with a bit of an analogy. So I ask you this. What's the worst way you could travel from Jerusalem to America that would still be more enjoyable than watching this movie? Uh, I'm going to go with inside Rosie O'Donnell's uterus. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, okay. I'll, I, it'll be a short trip for me, but it'll be a memorable one. I, I would be on Donald Trump's private jet, but I would be wrapped up in cellophane all Dexter style. Um, and I'd be laying there with my head in his lap with that, that <laughs> clockwork orange fucking rig in my eyes. Oh, and he'd be leaning over me in, in, in shitty old clown makeup, slowly stroking my hair and doing an acapella cover of Adele's Hello to <laughs> Bubble Whisper. <laughs> At me again and again as we endlessly circle the Newark airport. So, I, yeah. Can someone just draw that? And say, Who's the guy? Christian movie bingo guy. We love your cartoons. We just want this. I just want a full poster that I can send to his home. I just want to send this to Mark's home every day for a year. Just the same poster. Still better than this movie. Still better yeah, than the movie. Right. I have Amazon Prime. I kind of, I, I'd love to answer the question, but I loved every minute of watching this movie. This was, a, <laughs> this was like, it was, I was like there with popcorn. I was just enjoying, the angel showed up and I cheered. It was the best time. <laughs> so, you know, that wasn't the question. <laughs> well, Dan, Mark, I can't thank you enough for hanging out and helping us answer a tiny sliver of the bizarre questions that this live-action Bugs Bunny cartoon evoked. Um, if our listeners wanted to hear a little more from you, where should they go? Oh, I guess they could go listen to our show. It's Thank God I'm Atheist, so find that on, you know, the iTunes or the Squitchers or the whatever you do, whatever you do your podcast listening on, or you can just go to thankgodimatheist.com. Right, yep. and you'll also find Frank there who had the, he's the only one of six people that had the sense to not watch this <laughs> goddamn movie. <laughs> right, yeah, normally it's, it's me and Frank. Mark will be on every now and then when they let me out. Awesome, awesome. And of course, we'll have Thank God I'm Atheist linked on the show notes for this episode. Dan, Mark, can't thank you enough, guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks, guys. This was the most fun I've ever had with the horror of Mormonism. I gotta be honest, I will tell you, I've put more work into this show than I've done for like six months of my own show. So, I, <laughs> just, just so that you know, like, I had to go and track down the movie. I had to go buy it at the Mormon bookstore and everything. You guys owe me 10 bucks. And like, and like, we owe 12... you a lot more than 10 bucks, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you owe me 10 bucks and like 12 hours of my life back, but that's okay. <laughs> We're still doing better than the Mormon church then. Thank you guys. And well, that does it for our review of the Book of Mormon, Volume 1, The Journey Begins. That's not going to do it for the episode just yet because we still need to tease you like a hellbound Mormon wife on a boat over next week's show. So, Eli, tell us what's on deck. 
God's Army. <laughs> Somehow this looks even crazier than what we just watched. It's a feel-good sports movie about a young man's journey to self-esteem, but instead of sports, it's being a missionary in L.A.? Yeah. I think it's, it's so. It's got a little yeah. bit of Crocodile Dundee 2 going on with Mormon guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a holy book. This is a holy book. <laughs> Did you lick me? <laughs> Cheeks wet. And it looks like every single buddy movie cliche is going to be in there. Like the whole preview is constantly people throwing over tables going, I just can't get a baptism. It's amazing. <laughs> Fucking amazing. So with that to look forward to, we'll bring episode 44 to a merciful close. Once again, a huge thanks to Dan and Mark from Thank God I'm Atheist for suffering alongside us this week, and perhaps an even huger thanks to all the Patreon donors that help make the show go. If you'd like to count yourself among their ranks, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash godawful and thereby earn early access to every episode. You can also help us out a ton by leaving a five-star review on iTunes and by sharing the show on all your various social media platforms. And if you enjoy the show, be sure to check out our sibling shows, The Scathing Atheist and The Skeptocrat, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else podcasts live. If you have questions, comments, or cinematic suggestions, you can email godawfulmovies at gmail.com. All the music used in this episode was written and performed by Ryan Slotnick of Evil Drafts on Mars and was used with permission. If you like what you hear, hear more by following the link on the show notes for this episode. Thanks again for giving us a chunk of your life this week. For Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick, I'm No Illusions promising to work hard to earn another chunk next week. Until then, we'll leave you with the Breakfast Club close. Squared an ordinary person Harry Carey myself the sword the song makes sense Layman's family went on to be successful casino owners who made Donald Trump look extra stupid. <laughs> Everyone fucked their cousins, nieces, and nephews. Forever. How did they not have a problem with that? Mark gave Eli all those phone numbers. <laughs> all of those phone numbers. <laughs> Burn it, Burn it, Gary. Gary. <laughs> Stab myself in the face. <laughs>